Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Best Ever You Show. I'm Elizabeth, your host. Here with me is Kelly Jenrette. I'm so glad to have you with us tonight. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be here. Yeah, thank you. So, uh, gosh, where do we? Where should we start? Um, yeah, yeah, geez, you are. You have so many. <laughs> you have so many things that you've been in. Is there something that you that you're recently starring in that you want to talk about and then we'll kind of like back up from there i know um i've, I've seen you on handmaid's tale mm -hmm. um, i've seen you on all american homecoming yes um tell, tell just you you tell me about you because i love yeah you. i think i think we can start with what i'm currently working on all american homecoming uh airs on the cw mondays at 9 p.m <laughs> um yeah and all American Homecoming is a spinoff from All American, and it follows the life of Simone Hicks, who was also on All American, and Damon Sims as they go through this college life at an HBCU, a fictional HBCU, Brinkston University, based in Atlanta. And we just kind of follow their journey. And I am the president of the university, which is a recent development for season two, started off as a professor at the university. So now as the president of this university, trying to see what life looks like for Dr. Amara Patterson as she tries to navigate the roles and responsibility of being the president of this university and also being the aunt and kind of mama bear to not only her niece, but her close knit group of friends. Wow. Now, does that mirror somebody in real, did you say that mirrors somebody in real life? Like who, who, who do you draw upon for mentors and role models for that role? You know, it, my mom always, you know, <laughs> she, I, I remember growing up and she definitely was the mama bear everybody wanted to always come over to our house. Yeah. Um, she wasn't like, she made it very clear that she wasn't my friend growing up, you know, um, in elementary and high school, it wasn't about her being my friend. I needed someone who was able to discipline me with love, compassion and understanding while also making sure I understood these are the rules. And so being able to draw from her um, in, in this role of like, yes, I want my niece, I want her friends to know that I am there to support them and I love them. And I also need you to understand there are certain ways that things need to be done. Yeah, I was watching a clip of that. It seems like everybody wants something from you in that role. <laughs> that was really fun to write. Do you get do you get input on the writing and things like that? Do, do you get to ad lib anything or add ideas or? What? Yeah, you know we we do have the opportunity to kind of um, chime in if there's something that is kind of um, bumping us, as they say, or if I'm not really clear on it, we are able to ask questions to try to get clarity and understanding. And sometimes it's like, yeah great, let's do what it is that you think is best. And sometimes it's like, no, it's staying how it is. So, you know, you just, you you make it work. I think that's the beautiful thing as an actor. Anytime challenges are presented to us, we have to figure out how to make it work. And that's just what we do. 
So I, Mel, the podcast kitty just made an appearance yes. in my office <laughs> and she's really trying to get to you here too. So hopefully she won't interrupt the broadcast. No, it's she, fine. She is a, a rescued feral cat, oh, wow. been, but she only comes out when she loves somebody that I'm interviewing. So Aww. she's actually trying to full on get on the desk and see who you are. <laughs> Well, hello. Yeah, so I don't know. Anyway, people are very used to this show and her in it. So if you hear rattling around, that's the, that's Mel. What's her name? Mel. 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 Yeah, great, great cat. She's just beautiful and everything. But she was um, up there. She is. She's, yeah. <laughs> it's like a raccoon. <laughs> so we keep Mel in the show. Are you okay with that? I, don't I am. That's you know my my husband's nickname. My husband's name is Melvin, and we call oh. him Mel. <laughs> you gotta love that the the the, the way the universe works. Mm-hmm. Um, so okay, so tell me also um, about you as a kid. So I hear mom. Did you always want to be an actress? I I think yes, I did. Mm-hmm. I am one of six children. I have um, one sister and four brothers. And growing up, it was you know eight of us in this three bedroom, one and a half bath house. I did not know that we were not rich because my parents did such an amazing job of providing for us. We may not have had everything we wanted, but we absolutely had everything we needed. I also don't want to neglect the fact that my biological father, I, uh, the man my mom remarried, I call him dad. And my biological father, I call him daddy. And my daddy was still very much a part of my life growing up too. So, you know, had everything that I needed and pretty much a lot of the things that I wanted. And so when it came to acting, my mom, that woman there, she's <laughs> she's just so incredible in that if if this is what we wanted to do, be it acting, be it sports, be it whatever, it was like, okay, let's figure out how to make it work. Mm-hmm. So when it came time in the fifth grade, when my fifth grade teacher was like, all right, we're putting on a play. We're doing Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. Mm-hmm. You know, my mom was there making sure that I had everything that I needed for that. And my daddy took me to the movies to see the five heartbeats and I fell in love with acting even more and was just like, that's something that I want to do. So yeah, growing up, it, it was, it was filled with love and support. I think as I got older, fear, I, I allowed fear to stop me from moving into that whole acting world because I was like, I don't know if that could really, if that's a real job. Growing up, I I used to say that I was going to be, get this, a lawyer who did hair on the side. Now, what lawyer (laughs) has that kind of time to also do hair on the side? But that's the beautiful imagination of a child. It's like, absolutely, I can do law and also make sure my clients look amazing. Somehow I think you could pull that off. <laughs> uh, that's funny. We have yeah. a lot in common, actually. I'm one of 11 kids. Oh, I'm wow. right in the middle of 11 kids. Uh, okay. We grew up in, in Iowa. 
Yeah. Um, kind of the same thing. Had everything we needed, not necessarily everything exactly that we wanted, but we yeah. were we were all okay and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but wow, yeah, I have uh, I have seven sisters and three brothers. Oh wow. Okay. <laughs> so I get it. Yeah. Fights you, for the bathroom. Five, five more people. <laughs> everything. Yeah. yeah. Um, amazing parents, though. Aren't, aren't parents amazing? Especially when there's that many. It's like, this is a mere fact that they just don't forget your name. Is right. <laughs> I mean, you know, we had that. I would say, like, not, I mean, my mom, because my sister's name is Kim. So Kim oh. and Kelly, it was a little tricky. Yeah. You know, sometimes it was like, Kim. And I'm like, no, I'm Kelly. And, you know, just that, that kind of so mixture cool. of things, but yeah. That's so funny. Um, okay. So did you, did you ever, um, from, from then to now, have you always been an actress or did you do other things? When you said you let fear creep in, did you do other stuff to? I did. Yeah. When I graduated from high school, I decided to go to Xavier University in New Orleans and mm-hmm. um, I was going to be a forensic psychologist because that kind of stuff just fascinated me Yeah, and got into my sophomore year when you really start to get into the heart of your major, saw all of those science classes and I was like, I think I'd much rather be a forensic psychologist on TV. And so (laughs) I transferred back home to Georgia State and got my degree in theater. And, you know, I am not one to be a starving artist. That's just not, I don't think I'm built for that. Um, So I did have a nine to five job where I did marketing and promotions. So I did, you name it, I passed out gum. I passed out uh, lotion. I was in grocery stores doing samples, Costco (laughs) doing samples. I was introduced to this amazing um, marketing company, Blue Flame, Mm -hmm. and came on with them as a brand ambassador for Reebok. So I would travel the U.S. going to different uh, sporting goods stores, promoting Reebok tennis shoes. And then uh, for three years, I was the MC for the American Heart Association hands only CPR tour. And so that was that was amazing. Yeah, my father was a stroke survivor. So oh, wow. I got very involved with the Heart Association. He passed away in 2018, but he had I'm a stroke sorry. in 2004. Thank you. Um, but I, I won the Go Red um, for Women Award and all this stuff, too. Oh, nice. I love, I love stuff like that. So mm-hmm. thank you for sharing more about you. It, I think yeah. it's always fun to have, so, you know, we see you on TV, but we can, I love getting to know the real you. Absolutely. So, yeah, Absolutely. It's, it's super fun. Um, tell me more about the, some of the roles that you're in. I, I, have a, I have a whole sheet of everything in front of me here. So yeah, I'm like going, wow, she has been in a lot of things. Yeah. Um, where's the easiest place for somebody to go to see all the different things that you've been in? Is it like IMDb or where? Yeah, IMDb. Okay. If you go to IMDb and just in the search bar, put in Kelly Jim Rett, my page will come up and you'll be able to see the things that I've been in. I'm just, I'm so extremely grateful to God for just where I am because mm-hmm. I remember like when I moved first moved out to California and the couple of years and then you know the five or seven years and I would go back and I would look at IMDB and see these other actors pages and I'm like oh my god they've done 
15 things or 30 things or 90 things. And I'm like, I've only done four things. Um, that's on IMDb, you know, yeah. because that's that's also kind of the tricky thing the, that not everything that you do, for example, plays don't go on IMDb. And when I moved out to California, I did quite a few plays um, before I did anything on TV. Yeah. So you practiced. Yeah. <laughs> a lot of practice. That, I think people would be surprised. That isn't a job that's just that easy. I mean, it looks all glamorous and fun and everything, but tell me about the real, tell me what that's really like. Like on The Handmaid's Tale, for example, that looks like a, a pretty intense set, but it looked also on the out clip, on the clips, you know, the outtakes and things like that. It looks like you guys had some fun. Um, yeah. You know, the beautiful thing about that set is the material is so extremely heavy. Yeah. But the 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 set was just joy. You know, yeah. everyone was laughing and joking around with everyone. I personally did not do that as a guest star. I wanted to make sure I stayed focused on what it was that I was there to do. Um, and so I kind of stayed in that zone of where Annie was, yeah. but everyone was absolutely amazing. OT. It's uh, talent on that set. It's, in, it's incredible. Uh, that is a group of beautiful, the talented people I have ever come across. Yeah. Yeah. Beautiful. Yeah. Elizabeth so it was great. Like everyone yeah. on there was great. Yeah. And you won an award, didn't you? I was nominated. I was nominated for an Emmy for for that role it was shocking um because i actually found out you know they they do an announcement where they stream a certain amount of nominees like the big ones the lead um supporting they do that kind of stuff and then everything else they tell you to go onto the website and so i was like oh let me just check it out and i you know pull up my laptop i'm looking and I see like outstanding guest actor in a drama series and looking through and I see Judy Dane Dinch and um, Cicely Tyson, Viola Davis, Cherry Jones, Kelly Jenrette, Samira Wiley. And I was like, that's my name. I, I just I was I was in shock and in disbelief. And then I get a call from my husband and he's like, babe, you're an Emmy nominated actor. Mm -hmm. And he also um, was submitted um, for a web series that he created and produced. And I was like, well, let me see if you're nominated. And I went on and I saw that he also was nominated. And it just it was it was unbelievable. Yeah. What you guys did you celebrate or what? <laughs> That's we did. A yeah. yeah, I think we were both kind of in shock when we when he finally got home and we saw each other. It was just like I I this is crazy, but yeah. this is where we are and I think I was also I was also in the middle of shooting something in Oakland. So I was having to kind of travel uh, back and forth. Thank God it was just in Oakland, a quick little 45 minute plane ride. Yeah. But having to kind of juggle both of those things was was amazing. And, you know, you talk about hard at up to that point or right before the nomination, I was about to submit my resume to work as a professor at Azusa Pacific University. 
because I hadn't worked since The Handmaid's Tale that we shot October 2017. And again, I'm not a starving artist type. Right here with my heart. I'm not the star. I do that sometimes too. Everyone's while I have a resume fired up and think, I need to do something other than best ever do now. Because I'll put a book out and I'm like, oh, it's not selling enough or whatever, you know, and it's, it's, I tell people all the time, it is so hard to be creative. Like mm-hmm. Anybody in the creative industry, you know, we're like, please support us. Yeah. <laughs> Just, and, and that goes for paintings, actors, actresses, authors, mm-hmm. singers, dancers, all of whatever. it. It's just, there's the creative industry. It is tough. Everybody feels at a moment. Mm-hmm. Like, okay, enough's enough. I got to do something else. Right. Yeah. And, and I, I keep feeling I'm, I'm actually have a new book coming out in 2024, kind of on this topic of success, mm-hmm. because I think that a lot of us walk around never feeling successful enough. Mm. We're comparing ourselves to other people. Yep. We don't, we just don't quite feel right like that. Do you want to, do you want to take that topic a little bit at all and elaborate? Cause it's, it's a doozy sometimes for me. I'm like, okay. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I think, you know, I had to get to a point where I had to redefine success for myself. And I I remember um, someone telling me about an interview that Harrison Ford did and and the interviewer had asked him, like, how did you make it? And his response was, I stayed. You know, all his other friends left to go do whatever. You know, they, they didn't stay here, but he stayed. He stuck it out. And, you know, I I had to begin to look at how I was defining success and realizing that I was basing my success on other people's standards and what they have done and what they have accomplished. And, you know, it was just like, that is not, that's not what I can do. And it took a lot of prayer. It it took a lot of just, you know, a lot of come to Jesus moments like, okay, Kelly, be honest with yourself. Yep. You you feel unsuccessful based off of what you see, and what you see is still through the lens of someone who desires to have what other people have. Yep. And so I think once I got to a place where I understood this gift is something that God has given me, and I have the opportunity to share it, whether someone sees that on TV. Um, or not, if I am sharing it, be it in class where I get to work with other people, or if I am just out somewhere at a coffee shop reading over a scene with another one, I'm sharing wherever I'm sharing the gift that I have so graciously been given, that's success. And so just being okay, understanding that just because I'm on TV now, that doesn't make me any more successful than I was when I was in class in North Hollywood, you know, uh, figuring stuff out, you know, so that, that for me, just redefining success was really important to me, I think, in being able to stay out here. I love that answer. Yeah. Yeah, uh, Same. Just like, okay, what's, what's this mean to me? I encourage everybody to do that for themselves. When you feel like mm-hmm. you're despairing and despairing, take a deep breath, give yourself a giant hug, yeah. go think from your heart, you're going to be all right. Yeah, you, you will be okay. You will be okay. It may not feel like it, and sometimes it doesn't feel good, no. you know? Yeah. The, the reality is that it's okay. Yeah. It's okay. All right. There, okay. I'm going to, I'm going to actually look down at my notes. Sorry. Okay. But, um, 
It says you're working on a play commissioned by the Black Rebirth Collective. Could you explain that? Because this looks yes. really amazing. This yes. looks cool. like pivotal. Black Rebirth Collective. Oh. And, you know, I take I take a deep breath because I had a meeting today with um, our founding uh, director, our artistic director. I'm also a founding member of Black Rebirth Collective, mm-hmm. which was which was started because our artistic director, who's also very successful in this <laughs> business, um, she just got to a place where she wasn't having fun anymore. She wasn't playing anymore. It just felt like, oh, this is just another thing I have to do. So she wanted to create this collective of you know, individuals, actors coming together to to play, to find that seven-year-old girl again who was excited about um, acting again. So uh, I was like, yes, that sounds amazing. Sign me up. <laughs> and we founded this theater collective and it was always very supportive. Like, what is it that you want to do? And I had seen the meeting Uh, written by Jeff Stetson. It's an imagined meeting between Malcolm X and Martin Luther King Jr. And at the end of it, I had an opportunity to kind of very in passing mention to Jeff, like, this was amazing. I would love to see a meeting between Betty and Coretta. And, you know, he was kind of like, huh, yeah. And someone overheard me and they were like, well, then why don't you write it? And I did the same thing Jeff did. And I was like, "Hmm, yeah. (laughs) <laughs> but I shared that with with Kimberly and some of the other ladies that also were were founding members of BRC is what we call it. And they said, well, write it. We'll give you an assignment. And the next time we come back together, write it. And I started writing. They commissioned me to write this this piece about these incredible, iconic women who unfortunately are just known as the wives or the widows of, and they were so much more than that. And so I wanted to write a piece that, yes, showcased them as these wives because they were, and they were crucial to their husband's movements and causes. But I also kind of wanted to see what, what they felt about that, you know, what, what made them laugh, what made them cry, what made them frustrated, what made them feel like dancing, just kind of taking a peek behind the curtain to see who these women really are, you know, like what we are doing here now. Yes, people can see me on All American Homecoming, but I'm so much more than an actor (laughs) and, and being able to understand those other parts that people don't have the opportunity to see. So we we had a meeting about it today and we will premiere it sometime next year. Um, You know, I'm just in that frustrating part of, you know, just wanting to get it right and and being able to say, what is that? What is right? Can you feel uh, you feel the growth, though, because you're doing something that's just making you so darn uncomfortable? Oh, yeah. It's isn't that fun, kind of? Isn't like when you don't know something, you're like, oh, darn it, I got to learn that. Yeah. <laughs> isn't that just frustrating, but cool? Because then yeah. when you do it, you're like, okay, I know how to do that now. Right. I know scary. how to do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So tell, tell me some of the things that you're, you're bumping up against um, in the learning curve here with this. So really understanding structure 
You know, yeah. it is it is important. Structure is important. When you when you watch something, you're not thinking like, oh, OK, this is act one. And then they move to act two and then <laughs> act three, you know, act four, act five. But there is a structure and there are rules that you have. And one of the directors who worked on All-American Homecoming, who is an incredible writer, director, Christine Swanson, she you know, talked about, yes, listen, you can break the rules, but you need to know the rules first in order to break them. And oh. so for me, it's kind of like going back and learning yeah. the rules. It, re it reminds me of the proverb that I always talk about. It is not good to have zeal without knowledge, nor to be hasty and miss the way. So, you know, just because I'm passionate about telling this story, if I don't have the knowledge of simple uh, structure, then it's going to make it all the more difficult. And so that's where I am now, just really going back and focusing on the structure of the play to make sure it is what it needs to be. Yeah. Yeah. That's beautiful. All right. I can't wait to see that. Yeah. Oh, so <laughs> Me fun. either. Yeah. No kidding. That's going to yeah. be fun. Um, you know, I can tell you're ambitious. But there's this, there's an element about you that's so peaceful and calm and a, it's like a conscious, I call it conscious ambition. Mm -hmm. Do you feel that way? I do. You know, at, uh, when when people ask me to like, who is Kelly Jenrette? I always mm -hmm. say I'm a Christian Black girl from Atlanta and my faith is such a huge part of my identity because I know what it was like before I, I defined myself that way. It was, it was very much about me and what I wanted. And I was anxious and I was frustrated and I was upset and I was agitated. And not to say that I don't have those moments now, but I'm able to quickly recognize them and say, oh, that's because you're making this about you. And it's not about you. My, I want my whole life to be an act of service to others. And so when, when, I, when I put it put my focus, filter everything through the lens of Christ. I'm like, oh, he was, he was a servant. And so how can I serve? And that just helps me to remain rooted and grounded and, and not so focused on me, you know? Yeah. Tell me, talk to me and talk to the audience about all the moms and the little girls out there. All the, all the people who are seeing you, me, whoever it is and thinking I can, if they can do that. I can do it. I've got this thing in my head lately. If she can do it, I can do it. If she can do it, I can do it with anybody. Talk, talk about that a little bit because I know kids are going to come up to you and be like, Hey, can I have your autograph? Or Hey, <laughs> tell me about being, you know, people do that. Tell yeah. me about, people sit, people come up to me sometimes. Oh, tell me about being an author and it doesn't have to be a kid, but you know, in your, in your area, I bet, you know, younger people will come up and say, Hey, How'd you do that? Tell me, yeah. are, you, are you one who will mentor other people? Will you, um, you know, just take that a little yeah, bit? Yeah, even that the the mentorship, uh, I feel like, yes, that's something um, that I already do. I feel like when, yeah. I, for me, I allow myself when the title gets put on now, I'm like, oh, well, what does that mean? And, and what do I put all these expectations on myself that I have to rid myself of because it's something that I just do in my life, just as my mom, my mom was mama bear. I feel like I am very much mama bear and have been, you know, since I was very little. And I, I often like to just kind of take a moment and stop. I think about, 
I have a seven-year-old niece and, and even my, my nephew, I've got to see them both grow up. And when we think about children learning how to walk, you know, they, they, they'll kind of, <laughs> it's very difficult at first as they're trying to figure it out and they'll fall and then they'll get back up and they'll try it again and they'll fall and they keep just getting back up. And for me, that's, I, I liken that to, to where we are in, in not where we are, but in this industry for those who want to come along on this journey, I offer that there will be times where you have to try to figure out how to walk and you'll <laughs> fall but then you get back up and you learn how to walk again. It's literally one step at a time. Baby steps are still mm -hmm. steps. And so to be gracious and kind with yourself as you figure out how to walk in this industry and understanding that sometimes babies don't really learn how to walk until they're one or one and a half. I don't know. My niece started to walk when she was nine months old, which is like, Mine, my mine four boys. <laughs> I have, yeah, I've, they're in their twenties now, but I get you. <laughs> yeah, you know, and so just, just being kind with yourself and gracious as you figure out um, what things look like for you in the industry, not how it looked for someone else. Yes, you can learn from other people's mistakes, but you cannot say, well, that's what it's going to be because that's not your path. Know what your path is. Stay in that lane and make it work. Yeah. So we're at the 30 minute mark, okay. which I don't want to go, <laughs> but I, I, I uh, talk more about just before we go, if you don't mind, talk more about some of the roles that you've had. I feel like we talked all of, I, I put the conversation all about being your best and everything, not acting a little bit. And I want to kind of go back there a little bit um, because there's so many really important roles that you've had. I mean, there, do you want to tell me, tell the audience a couple more of them that are meaningful to you or so, your favorite one or yeah, you know, my first series regular role was um, Annalise. I played her on a show called Grandfathered with John Stamos, Paget Brewster, Ravi Patel, Joshua Peck, Christina Milian, and it was my first series regular role. And um, just even when I found out that I booked it, I just immediately burst into tears as I was like, oh, this is, this is this happening. Is <laughs> it is happening. Um, and being able to just work with them, every guest actor that we had that would come on set, it's like, oh my goodness, this set is just so fun. It's just, it's just a lot of love here. And everybody working, working with John, who <laughs> It's John Stamos. John Stamos. He was, he, and, and a lot of my scenes were with John because I played his assistant and just being able to kind of work with him and then Paget, just watching veterans in this business and how they move and how they are still gracious, but also truthful. There's a quote that I love. Truth without grace is mean. Grace without truth is meaningless. Mm -hmm. And it is a fine dance of, of being able to just, you know, I'm just grateful, but also being able to say, oh, I'm grateful, but also here's, here's some truth and what it is that I need or don't need or what I would prefer. And so being able to watch and watch Paget specifically um, mm -hmm. and what that looked like was 
was such a, a, a boost in my confidence in this industry. And then, you know, it's just it's so many things. I got to do all day and a night with Jeffrey Wright, who is by far one of my favorite actors. And back in 2014, I, I don't know what I was watching or listening to. And there was this girl who was talking about how she like um, wrote letters or something to like people that she wanted to meet one day. And I was like, oh, yeah, I, I wrote uh, thank you cards to letters to uh, uh, for people that I really wanted to work with. And it was Denzel Washington, Jeffrey Wright, Meryl Streep, um, Matthew McConaughey, and I can't remember who the fifth person was, or maybe it was just four. Yeah. And when I found out that I would have the opportunity to work with Jeffrey, I was like, oh my goodness, I get to give him my card. And I told him the story and I was carrying them around in this little Ziploc bag that was raggedy because at that point it was like four years that yeah. I was walking around with these cards and he opened it right in front of me and read it, which was extremely awkward. But I just remember him saying, essentially what he said was he was in this same situation and someone that he um, had admired, an actor that worked on Apocalypse Now. Um, yeah. It kind of what I said to him was what he said to that particular actor. And so it was just a, a, a moment of like, yeah, we're all human. We've all, we all have these, these stories. And so, um, yeah, without like going into, into everything, those, those two are two of the ones. Uh, I mean, I could literally go through each and every single. I, I kind of wish you would, but I'm kind of hoping that you, would you come back? I, I'm hoping I, that will that you, come I would love for you to come back because Absolutely. I think we have so much to talk about and, and, yes. and have a, have a little budding friendship. It's pretty, yes. um, you know, the one thing I want to um, say piggyback on that is what you did was so important for our, for our audience. I just said that wrong, but whatever, for our audience <laughs> to learn um, you visualized. And mm -hmm. I think that's so important um, before we go to talk about the power of visualizing, visualizing your dreams and goals, because carrying thank you notes around is it, you're acting as if you already have. Mm -hmm. And that's how dreams and goals come true. When you can see it, um, it like if you can't see it for yourself, nobody else can see it either. Yeah. You can see it and start to be it. Mm -hmm. That's how. Yeah. And I, I <laughs> yeah. And I think, uh, yes. And also making sure that I, I do the work. You know, oh, I, totally. I think it's, yeah. you know, it's, it's one thing because sometimes people just want to kind of, yeah, just like, hey, I write it and then now I'm just going to wait. No, and, no, no. I wouldn't. Yeah, you know, no, no, I don't think that's what you were saying at all. But I, you know, I have, I, I know people who do that kind of thing. And I'm like, that's not, that's not how, how this works. You know, we, we have to put in the work because you can you can see it all day but if you don't put the the work behind um helping to fulfill that or doing your part in making that become a reality then it's just something very pretty to look at you know and so i think for me writing those thank you thank you cards even and and i had to resolve that even if i don't have the opportunity to ever work with meryl streep or give her the letter or Matthew McConaughey, um, that this was something that I, I felt like I needed to do in this moment. And it was more about what I wanted to, to give for myself 
And I think that's the other thing. We can't make it so much about someone else in that regard that we we forget. It it drives us to a point of like insanity. So that, that balance of like, yes, I am absolutely here to serve others, to give to them. And also knowing that in certain moments, this is something that I need to do for myself. I am writing these letters for myself. And if I get to give it to them, that's the added bonus. Yeah, that's so cool. Yeah, that that's my, I just did a two hour training class the other night on taking action. So yeah. <laughs> that's my language. It's like, you yeah, you gotta, you cannot sit around and wait for it. Right. You know, you success. You've really got to put in the work and the time. Yeah. The other thing I like that you just did is you shared a little bit of your dreams and goals. And mm-hmm. I think that when you share your dreams and goals out loud, people can show up for you and help you achieve them. That yeah. is, I'm so big into that, like vocalizing mm-hmm. your dreams and goals. So yeah. Yep. Well, Kelly, it has been so wonderful to start to get to know you. I hope yes. you come back. There, there is a, there, everybody, there is so much to learn about Kelly. Um, I'm going to put links to your social media and I'll okay. put links to your IMDb. If you have any other links that you need, I can put links to the shows. I can, whatever kind of links you guys want, you let me know and I'll, I'll get, get everything all set up. But uh, is there anything that more that you wanted to talk about before we go? Uh, are we good to go? I think we're good to go. Thank you so much for having me and just talking with me. This has been amazing. Yeah, it's been so much fun having you here, Kelly. Thank you so much. Best of luck in everything that you do. I can, you. I'm following you. Um, I followed you in social media and uh, I love all, all the stuff you're working on. So everybody knows that I do not like to end shows, but we're going to go ahead and end this show. <laughs> Thank you so much, everybody, for being here with us and visit us at besteveryou.com. And again, I'll put all of Kelly's links to her social media and everything that she does uh, with the show. So thanks, everybody. Thanks for listening and have a great night. Bye. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.